gentlemen, welcome to episode 106 of the No Podcast. We are No Outside Food or Drink, the Southeast Premier Video Game Podcast. Tonight, the mass exodus of GeForce Now has commenced. GameStop's body is ready. South by Southwest has been canceled and Sonic dashes into April. The Last of Us heads to the home box office. Stadia nabs a big Sony exec to open Play Vista. PlayStation Now adds a little bit of control. Call of Duty Warzone has dropped onto an island. NFL 2K is back, baby, and Horizon Zero Dawn is dawning on PC this summer. I got that one right. Yeah. I made it. Go ahead. NFL 2K20. (laughs) That's what you're most excited by. Probably going to be 2K21, though, from the sound of it, right? Yep, and it's going to be a mobile mobile game with uh, microtransactions and pay-to-win. Spoilers. We will get there. I'm Richard Bergman, joined tonight (laughs) by Cesar Concepcion II. I am back. You're back. <laughs> you, didn't back go you didn't go anywhere. It's been it's been uh, you and I for like what three weeks, four weeks now. Yeah, sounds about right. Oh yeah, Michael might be back Saturday. I forgot to bring that up. There we go. We may have him back Saturday. We'll get his uh, Final Fantasy VII demo impressions since I'm I'm completing part of the trifecta this week. You finished it, right? I did finish it. Yep. There we go. I have That's thoughts. all that matters. I have thoughts. I finished it. It's a demo. I can beat a demo. Just barely. Uh, there's some demos that take forever, sir. Uh, Dragon Quest Eleven on Switch. It's like 10 hours. I'll never beat that demo. There are some demos with permadeath. And I'm like, this is a demo. How am I going to die in there permanently? <laughs> and I can never play it again. Yeah, I know. I'm like, fuck this game. Delete. Never again. What was it? Uh, Resident Evil had a timer on it. Remember Resident Evil 2? You could only play it for like two hours. But now they've, yeah. re- now they've re-released it with no uh, time limit on it. It's like, do I beat the whole game? I mean, with the two-hour time limit intact, can I just run through it? Right, do you try to do it in like the one-sitting type deal? Mm-hmm. We streamed it. That was one of the first things we streamed as a podcast was that PC beta code I had for that two-hour death demo or whatever they called it at the time. And then it revalidated why we barely pay PC games when we're trying to sit there and do the fucking configuration for four hours. It was nonstop, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, does it look better? Oh, uh, how's the frames? Yep. It was a constant trade-off of, like, resolution and textures and frames and everything else. Yeah. I've learned with that stuff, like, when I've played PC games recently, I just let the auto thing figure it out. Like, that's what the Radeon stuff is in there to do. That adrenaline, yeah, that adrenaline software, it'll, like, optimize it already, you know? Yeah, it's a smart thing to do. Mm-hmm. Unless you're unless you're trying to replay Legacy of Kane Soul Reaver on a 4K TV on Windows 10, 240p. I was like, this is like shit. Who would play this? <laughs> Not Jim Ryan. Oh god. Or Amy Hennig. Oh man. You think we could ever get another Legacy of Kane game? Uh, I don't know, man. I bought that whole fucking set. Uh, PC, so I keep putting money on it every time it pops up with devices that I can buy it on. So. You got that collection? It's like every time I do a Square Enix, just looks at the wall and like, thanks, and then just they just move on. <laughs> <laughs> Release it on the next platform. Yeah, they're like, oh, all right, cool, more money in there. What do we get it on? Yeah, don't worry about it. Just thanks, Cesar. Keep releasing old stuff. He's dumb. He'll keep buying it. Like, <laughs> oh, and it's like, oh, me, another deal with sex. I'm just trying to buy it again. I we'll saw get another uh, one. I saw uh, Phoenix Wright collections on sale again, and I was like, uh, do I want it on Switch where I'm most likely to play it, or do I get it on PC and never have to buy it again? I think I'm leaning towards the Steam version. No, or me. We just buy it on every fucking thing I see every time, up, every time it comes up. So. Uh, I wish I had that capability, sir. I don't have that ability. I'm not to assess yeah. our level. 
Nah, man, there's only certain games, and uh, Phoenix Wright will always be that. Phoenix Wright's on the list. Oh yeah, after the I didn't put it in the news this week, but the the creator of uh, the Great Ace Attorney has left Capcom. So where's he going? Uh, he did not say. He did not get my checks. Apparently, they bounced, and he's like, oh, nobody plays my games, and just left. He's going to Crystal Dynamics to work on a new Soul Reaver. Yeah, he was sitting there looking at the his bank accounts like if Richard only bought this game, I'll keep making them. And he's like, you never did. He's so indecisive. Fuck to buy it. And it went on sale this week on like, everything. I five platforms, just pick one. <laughs> and now it's on sale. Come back. I thought he. I thought we just read in the news he was working on another game. Possibly, I like don't a know. It's just... like a Phoenix Wright esque game. Maybe not. Maybe I'm thinking of something else. I know there's like a bird attorney game. He plays. He plays oh, a the pigeon. Aviator, avian, <laughs> avian attorney, or something like that. Yeah, avian, <laughs> attorney. Mm-hmm. It looked pretty good. Like the bird design looked awesome. Uh, I'll have to pick it up once that's on sale. It's like twenty dollars. It's like. Mm. It is twenty bucks, isn't it? Yeah, I was like mm, twenty dollars for the backlog. Yeah, I wait. I'll just play the Ace Attorney games again on something else. Oh, you ready to get in the news, sir? Here at the uh, five minute mark. That was five minutes, I'm proud of us. Usually we're rambling on for like seven years. It's usually eight to ten minutes. Um, GeForce Now, what's going on? So uh, it's the whole, you know, they they started that streaming service that we kind of been um, talking about the last couple weeks uh, as a competition against against Stadia. Um, So this article is from Kotaku, and it so happens they went into details about, like, a lot of these independent developers... um, some of them knew their games were on the service. Some of them didn't. How so is this like, a surprise when it's been in beta for so long? I, I don't know, man. Because they're saying in here, GeForce Now does, doesn't have a dedicated list of all the games that it supports. So it's, they said it's hard to know just how many publishers have jumped ship. So there could be more that we aren't talking about. Because I don't know in the recent weeks we talked about Bethesda. Bethesda did it. Activision did it. Who is it now? Uh, I think it's mostly independent developers right now. Indie studios. Yeah, yeah. So like, there's some on here. I'm trying to get into the example. I think Ubisoft pulled some of their games and left some on there. I mean, that makes and, sense. And I, I know the the whole thing behind GeForce Now is that you already own these games, so you're going to be able to stream them. But with these companies getting their own streaming platforms. We talked about this with other services where they're they're gonna they're gonna end up grabbing their IP. They're they're not gonna want that their titles on another service like that when they're gonna have a competing service for that. Yeah, and I think according to the article from Kotaku, they said that uh, the indie studios and like in this one we're updating is like the makers of Into the Breach, Subset Games, and Celeste Matt Makes Games had no idea their games were on GeForce Now, <laughs> and while they weren't calling on Nvidia to remove the games, they were also in the dark about the entire service. And uh, quote, even now, some popular indie games like Slay the Spire are supported, while others like Night in the Woods are not. And so what does what does seem clear is that even though the GeForce Now is a completely different approach to video game streaming than in Google Stadia, it had a similar botched launch. Yeah. There's some stumbles for sure. I don't get and it. They, yeah, I mean, and then, you know, uh, Sweeney from uh, Epic Games said he's confident that service will come around so right it's just that a lot of people are not sure about geforce now you know they're saying that's a it's a risky bet right now 
it's not a clear cut about what's supported, what's not. There's stuff leaving the service. You know, it's it, it's weird. I mean, this this whole streaming era is kind of starting out a little bit rocky on all sides. So we knew that it was going to stumble like this. It wasn't going to be perfect. Yeah, I mean, we'll get on about it a little bit later with our uh, our stadia coverage. But it looks like because uh, you know there was complaints that you know they weren't paying, they weren't enticing developers over to their platform, right? But it seems like uh, we'll go ahead and go into it. I mean, they uh, since we're talking about it. Oh yeah, this so, was a, this was a big get. So yeah, you know, Stadia went ahead. And they uh, they took uh, Shannon Studstill, who's the head of uh, Sony Santa Monica Studios, or was, to uh, head up a new division called Play Vista, Playa Vista, Playa Studio. Vista. That's Beach so, Mountain, right? Hmm? Beach Mountain, Playa Vista. Maybe. I don't know. Is that what that translates it's, to? Beach Mountain? Beach Hills? This is like View. So Beach View? Maybe. So uh, they pulled her to develop, uh, you know, in their first party studios. It's going to help with uh, VP's uh, Jade Ra Raymond. This is all from Jumatsu. Uh, so they gone into the details where they gushed about how, you know, she helped develop God of War and yep. foster that. And and um they kind of it was a big gift for them she left sony interactive trying to go into the next bit uh next challenge uh sony congratulated her which was a uh, very different what it was a lot more better plan than they did with uh sean layden and then they announced their next uh yumi yang who also worked with shannon so still yep as the head of that studio she's been at playstation for 19 years mm-hmm. i guess she's ready for the next challenge yeah but it, but it seems like uh, Stadia is not really worried about courting these uh, current gamers out there. It seems like, you can correct me if I'm wrong, it seems like they're taking the Nintendo, Sony, now Microsoft approach where if they build a first party and bring those games over, then they'll the, the gamers will follow. And they're probably like, oh, maybe I'll play this and start buying more games on that service. That seems what I'm getting getting that vibe from but it just seems like it's going to be a long wait and they're willing to wait as they uh invest in these uh companies and build these games from scratch it is going to be a long time unless unless shannon stud still unless there's a project that's already going that they just needed that veteran leadership to to maybe steer it through you know late stages of production and land it mm-hmm. like the uh who is it we were just talking about has has come to be known as like a finisher of games? Was it? Uh, it's not Greenberg. It's the one that looks like Greenberg. Rod Ferguson. Mm-hmm. Rod Ferguson just got a new position with uh, Blizzard, and he's kind of known for for landing these difficult projects. You know, he's he's kind of been the Gears of War savior over the over the past couple titles. That when those were kind of in development hell and needed they needed focus. Maybe that's what this role's for. Jay Raymond was announced like a year ago. Right. So she's she's like the Sean Layden of that company. She's the one she's over all these studios. You think she has no hands on? I don't think so. I think they're using her expertise because she knows how certain games are built. Uh but she's fostering these other studios because you know they bought the people who made um that game and me and you just purchased. Uh, Journey Journey to the Savage Planet. Uh-huh. That's they bought that studio and okay. to the fold. Um, oh, I remember you mentioning that after you said you you enjoyed playing it. You said Stadia's got a good one. Yeah, it's a great studio. There's a lot of fun, and those were all former Assassin's Creed developers as well. So mm, with ties to Jade Raymond. Yeah. <laughs> so she's she's going in there and picking out people she knows she can work with. So right. 
Uh, it's going to be interesting to see that the Stadia experiment continues. It's not it's not going away. They're not giving up on it yet. Yeah. Maybe it yeah. turns in maybe it turns into another project. Maybe it turns into a standalone console and not a I don't see them giving up on the streaming thing yet, but it, it and we don't ever hear numbers like they're not out there saying how quick their adoption rates are and they're not, you know, thumping their chest about how successful they've been, so and technically, it's still in beta, right? Yeah, I think the full release should be anytime. I mean, I know you can download the Stadia app on your iPhone now, and you can log into it. Uh, I think you can actually stream to Samsung phones now. It's just like we just we don't hear to see it because there's an, it's not a uh, you know not a lot of, there's not a lot of excitement outside of the people who are already in that ecosystem. So because there's still no exclusives, right? And they're still just getting like older games. There's that there's that one think- launch title. Guilt is exclusive, and then they have, I think, 12 games coming out this year. That is a one-year exclusive, but they're mostly like indie games. And yeah. But they're only exclusive for a year. They're like a Stadia First projects. There's nothing from like their internal first-party studios yet, because, I mean, they just formed those. So, Hey, they're, they're looking for a killer app. You know, they didn't launch with a Super Mario Brothers or a Halo or something like that. Yeah, they'll, they'll get there. I mean, they'll launch something that's going to bring people there. It's just what... I mean, they're in a long haul. I guess the worst case scenario, you know, it's Google. I mean, they got the money to burn, and then the worst case, they can probably like sell it or spin it off if it doesn't take off. So, but technically, it's not. It's really not. It's really not a platform. So, I mean, you're not buying a console. I mean, you're buying like these keys to stream this type of technology on your phone or device or Chromecast. So, I mean. Right, but there's really no incentive anymore. Like when they first announced it, and we were personally excited about it, it's it's because of what that streaming platform offered. But they've been surpassed since then by services by just about everybody. Mm-hmm. PlayStation, uh, Xbox, GeForce Now, and GeForce Now, is, from what we can see, seems like they're they're going for the Netflix method. You know, you pay the uh, monthly fee and you get a la carte. Versus war. That's what we want a Stadia to do. Right, but what's, you know, what Stadia owner wouldn't switch to that to play the Steam library that they already have? Right. I don't know, man. It's, it, like I said, this is this is a new uh, it's a new platform, so you know this is going to be different than traditional consoles. So somebody's going to have to figure it out, and maybe yeah. them. So and if they wait long, they screw around too much. It's probably going to be Microsoft, in my opinion. But we'll see. Microsoft seems poised uh, for success with all their betas and everything they're doing with xCloud. Yeah, we, we didn't talk about it, and I think they announced it today at some point that they're going to do, since they skipped out of GDC, since that's been canceled, they're going to have their own like uh, streaming uh, direct-type service where they're going to do some more uh, Xbox Series X and um, Project xCloud news. That is coming up. Soon, so we'll see probably see some more details. Uh, congrat- uh, lost in all this stuff is congratulations to both Shannon Studstill and um, UBA. Yep, congrats to both of them. It's uh, good moves for them. And I was proud of Sony. They uh, they were very generous to Shannon. You know, like hey, she's left. We wish her luck. You mm-hmm. know, they got her. They got a good one. Basically, is what they were saying on uh, Twitter. Big time. So. The Sean Layden thing is still confusing because he he just kind of left. But I've seen him do nothing but Sony stuff since then. So I don't even know what's going on. I don't think he left for the competition. It seems like when I get on there, it seems like he drew his foot in the sand and they called his bluff. That's so, what I'm starting to. That's what it feels like. You know, like he, you know, 
Kind of like uh, the guy that was the the head of PlayStation, and they kind of, he just went back in, to networking. Gotcha. He went back to what he wanted to do, and they gave it to Jim Ryan. It's like you know, it was, maybe they he went in a direction. It's like yeah, I don't want to do this, you know. And then they were like, well, and, or I'll leave, and they're like, well, okay. <laughs> or you know, they called it. That's that's what they sounded like. You know what I mean? We'll find somebody who does want to play these. And then you know they gave it to Herman. You know. Yeah. Or and they gave it to Jim. Or you know. His role was already always weird, anyways. Because remember, he was in the middle, so they're kind of like they. He was already one foot out, anyways. Because it seems like you saw what you saw him with Shuhei. They kind of pushed him into a whole another role. Seems like they uh, they don't. It's not like a. It seems like they try to foster growth at Sony. They're like they're always trying to get people like, all right, we need to get somebody else in here and keep keep it fresh. Yeah, new ideas, especially going into a new generation. But coming off the great success that they built off the PS4, it, it seems kind of strange. Yeah, I mean, we don't know the inner working, so it's just straight to us because, you know, everything seems to be fine to us. And it's like, why would you do that? We're like the Jim Ryans of uh, game, game analysts. Like, why would they do this? <laughs> the old ones. Charlotte is great. He, he, just, he still won't talk about medieval, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you see, there... on a side note, do you see other Ocean said they're not working on medieval too? Uh, I did, yeah. yeah. I saw also saw the composer saying that. Um, Somebody was saying that maybe the sales are bad, and the coach was like, "That's not necessarily true." So they're very uh, vague. Yeah, we'll see what's on tap for them. Uh, while we're on the executive shuffle uh, storylines, I did not see this one coming, sir. Oh, the the GameStop news. GameStop news. Nintendo of America's former president and taker of names. That quote comes from Venture Beat via Jeff Grubb. Um. Reggie fils is joining GameStop's board of directors. Crazy, right? Yeah, what's crazy is you look at that whole board of directors, they also got uh, Bill Simon and uh, J.K. Simonak. I probably saw his name, but Simonak is the, he said, is the president and chief executive of PetSmart. PetSmart. So it seems like they got a lot of, uh, they got, you know, they got Reggie in there who, you know, who's kind of turned around Pizza Hut and... <laughs> VH1. Yeah, and, uh, and Nintendo, Nintendo for famously. so long. Yeah, so like you, they get they got like a lot of people who um, know business. I mean, Reggie's a big one because you know he's been in the gaming development and all that for years. So right. he seemed very confident based off this article. He's, you know, there's he was saying like the game industry needs a healthy game stop, and they're hoping to foster and turn it around and you know get, make them profitable again. So we've been hard on GameStop on this. On this podcast, and I think it's because of that reason. Like, we want to see them be successful. They just, they're shady ass business practices and bullshit they pull with employees and stuff like that. Is it doesn't foster any sort of goodwill towards gamers or customers or anyone. Yeah, it's, it's tough when I go into GameStop and I try to do get something that they're um, hounding me about turning in my old cell phones. Yeah. So, for cash. <laughs> I've gotten that every time. I've I understand that's their job. I don't feel bad for the workers. And I understand that, you know, the higher ups are trying to find a, some something to attach to the you know they get they get money flow in there because it makes sense yeah. to get the phone in they probably not going to resell the phone at GameStop they're going to send it someplace that's going to do they're going to rebuild them in someone's refurbished phones yep. for people who break phones so it's yeah. a high profit margin they've always been about high profit margins so that makes sense so but you know it's just it's you know a lot of times you're going in here like what are you guys doing in here you know like, what's happening yeah uh, people were noting. Kind of on social media and stuff like that. That he's, uh, you know, it's not like a CEO role or anything like that. It's, it's board of directors. But 
just based off of my experience and seeing decisions that board of directors can make and, and board members and chairmen and things like that, there are some big there are some big changes that can come from that level. It may not be as hands on and as direct, but there will be some there will be some changes made. I'm sure. Yeah, I mean they got him there for wisdom, so yeah, I'm sure they're going to take whatever he says and whatever suggestions he say, take it to heart. I wouldn't be surprised. We'll see a lot of off the wall ideas. So yeah, you don't see somebody sign a name like that and just plop them down and, and not listen to their expertise. Yeah, well, we hopefully we're all hopeful that something good will come out of it. So I mean, right now GameStop is just they're on life support, trying to make it to the next consoles. Because I think once when we get to the next consoles, they, you know they'll bounce the time. So it's just them surviving till then. Just got to make it till November, us right. Mm-hmm. Speaking of making it till November, South by Southwest 2020 has been canceled due to coronavirus concerns. Uh, it was also supposed to feature Reggie fils and Sonic the Hedgehog panels, says Gematsu. Uh, the city of Austin has canceled South by Southwest 2020 due to concerns surrounding the novel coronavirus, COVID-19 virus. Struggling through that for some reason. Uh, in a statement, organizers for the event, which celebrates the interactive film and music industry, said they are exploring options to reschedule the event and are working to provide a virtual South by Southwest online experience as soon as possible for 2020 participants. So this is a good preventative measure. Uh, the Sonic the Hedgehog panel will now be held in a new format in April. You were saying, I can't remember if that was pre-production or not, but that, that would have coincided with their monthly Sonic the Hedgehog news. Yeah, I remember every every 20th of this month, 2020. Yep. So uh, we're not going to get something. Because the panel was supposed to be March 20th, so it looks like they pushed that back to April. Uh, I'm assuming if they made a big deal that they're pushing it back, then we might get some game announcements. <laughs> what did we get in February? Was that just the announcement of the announcements? That was the announcement of the announcements, and also that we were getting Sonic 2 with Knuckles on Sega Ages. That's right. Which came out on the 20th. Okay. So. It came out that day? It came out on the 20th. I don't know if it came out. The announcement might have been a couple weeks prior. I got you. But it did come out on the, the 20th, which was a Thursday, so. Um, PAX was not canceled. South by Southwest has been canceled. There was another event like Emerald City Comic Con in Seattle, but Seattle's been hit by the coronavirus pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been and more incidents up there. And they're talking about pushing back uh, Coachella to October, which is weird because usually I'm used to seeing everybody in swimsuits walking around Coachella. And I'm like, ah, oh, I'll go to Coachella one year. <laughs> You're going to go and take your swimsuit? No, I mean, I, this, year, this year would have been the year to go because they actually have uh, Hatsune Miku, Miku opening up Coachella. You would go see the Vocaloid? Yeah, I mean, she's actually coming into Atlanta in April. I thought about it. The tickets for 60 bucks. So <laughs> but that's like, I don't know about the crowd that'll be there. It's already kind of weird. I'm like, ah. <laughs> Careful, careful. So it'd be, it'd be not as weird if you're in an audience where everybody's in their bathing suits. Well, yeah, because you're right on the beach near the wharf. Right. So right. I can just like just jump in the water. Okay. When I'm when I'm tired of listening to uh, Beyonce. You could just play it off. Yeah. You're like, hey, I, this is perfectly normal. I'm fine. I'm just going for a swim. And everybody would be like, oh, he's swimming. Let's go too. And it's like uh, these are all things that happen in my head. So that's <laughs> not gonna happen in real life. You're causing you're causing everybody to leave Beyonce and jump in the water with you. Yeah. You have that kind of pierce way. Yeah. Yeah. As uh, you know, background music's happening. 
I'll, I'll suddenly wake up as people's like, yeah, you just jump in the water. We had to save you. You were drowning. I'm like, oh, damn, I just dreamt all that. It's a fever dream. <laughs> These are your fever <laughs> dreams. I approve, sir. You could be dreaming worse. Um, while we're on the... Um, my mind just went blank. While we're on the... Um, it's still blank. E3. What do you think the effects of uh, coronavirus and the current pandemic and just safety procedures and things like that? It, we're still, what, three months away? Yeah, I and mean, we didn't talk about it. News, I forgot to bring it up, is that you saw that uh, IMA bit pulled away from their creative board of directors for whatever reason. Um, oh, we had mentioned them before as a big part of E3. That's kind of strange. Yeah, they were supposed to head up the whole look and feel of it, and they all of a sudden set, it made it sound like they were doing like the G off because he, he responded in that whole tweet too, where he was like, uh, G off. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, they're like, he had to come back and clarify too. Cause somebody was trying to give him hell. But, uh, you know, I guess there were some disagreements about what the direction of that show was going. So yeah, it's, it seems like they're trying to get more when I'm getting now and more of the information we're getting bit by bit. It seems like they're going more towards the trendsetters yep. and trying to go that, that route versus more about the gaming show, which makes sense. Which kind of fits the whole Sony, like that's why they left because they was like they couldn't agree on how to the market their their you know their product there. We've beat this into the ground, but these big players they just don't need that stage anymore. But let's not let's not you know let's not divert. We'll be here for hours. But um, to answer your question, uh, I think LA has declared a state of emergency a couple weeks back mm-hmm. before even they had their first case of COVID nineteen. Mm-hmm. So, and I think all the E3's response from the ESA was that they were monitoring the situation, but everything was still going as planned. Because I guess, I guess deep down they're hoping by June everything will calm down. Right. So, they will cancel it ahead of time. But any sort of big event with lots of people coming from around the world is going to get a second. You know, it's going to get a second look at this point. Because to my thought process, and people mentioned this before, and it's not even an original idea for me, is that if you cancel E3 this year. You're going to have a lot of people that are going to take the Nintendo method and do like online directs. Yep. And then they're going to realize, like, all right, you know what? Yep. We don't need to do the other shit. They're still going to we, get the traffic. They're still going to get the views. They're still going to get the numbers. We can, you know, probably do like a pack space or something like that where they can just come out and try these demos. Yep. Which is, you know, where we're heading towards anyway. So. Or, hey, we're two weeks into talking about a demo that Square Enix released. So that's worked. I wouldn't even be surprised if they did like those directs, and at some point in the next generation consoles, where they, uh, you know, they started touring with streaming, we'll stream yep. some of that shit. You yep. know, like, oh, here's the thing you would have played at E3. You yep. know, first 15 minutes of this game, you can stream it. Yeah. Don't even download it. We'll have to worry about you owning it. You can stream it. You know. Dude, can you see around E3, Microsoft just saying, "Hey, uh, Halo Infinite's in X Cloud. Boot up X Cloud right now and try out Halo Infinite." That would be fucking awesome. Yeah. I can see that, like a fifteen-minute, like thirty-five-minute demo or something yeah, like that. Yeah, just play. It's open. It's open this weekend. Play Halo Infinite this weekend on XCloud. That would be amazing. Mm-hmm. It's coming, sir. Uh, guess what else is coming? I'm trying to look at news, <laughs> and I'm like, what could it be? It's on uh, HBO, and it's written by the showrunner from Chernobyl. What? Yeah, and our boy uh, Neil uh, Druckmann. The Neil Druckmann. Naughty Dog. Would you the say I'm going? Just be... <laughs> Go ahead. Huh? Would you say I'm going for the Neil Druckmann? Uh, you're getting there. You just gotta get the hair a little bit longer and get the LASIK. Yeah, LASIK is necessary. Unless he's wearing contacts all the time. This could be true. He might be. 
Remember how clean cut he looked like before The Last of Us, and then like The Last of Us just aged him, and he grew out the beard and long yeah. hair and everything. It like worked his ass. Druckmann looked like you know how they'll take a picture of the president before and after their presidency, like the stress and the years it puts on them and stuff. Add the wrinkles, yeah. <laughs> That's what. Then you got then you got the Bruce. Uh, was it the Bruce Stanleys? You're just like, yeah, I'm done. Bruce Straley, he got the hell out. Straley, yeah. They and they always see Neil Druckmann in the tweets like, yeah, if you come back and we'll fucking finish the second game, stop screwing around. He's always giving them out. <laughs> I always laugh. I always see him tagging on there because he's talking about, like, don't worry about it. I know my guys, you know, not going to do a great job with The Last of Us 2. He's like, yeah, we'll get it done sooner if you would have got here. Yeah. Like, he'll just give him hell and just joke with him. It's funny, some of those people that come and go, like the the long runners, like, you know, Amy Hennig left, but Evan Wells, I think, has come and gone from Naughty Dog. And mm-hmm. there's the guy that went and tried to save, um, damn, Jason Rubin. What it was did he, THQ. It was THQ. I was like, he yeah. went to go somewhere, save somewhere, and. I think he signed off on the um, that pad thing they had. <laughs> Do you remember the, that? The U Draw Studio. U Draw. I think that was his last <laughs> hurrah. Holy no, he, shit. he also gave us um, the Dark Siders game, so it wasn't all so bad. Win win, right? Yeah, they uh, they took up the torch with somebody else and it's finishing it now. So. Yep. Uh, back to the news. Gematsu Chernobyl. Uh, they write Chernobyl creator Craig Mizen. Mazen. And Last of Us writer and creative director Neil Druckmann will adapt the Last of Us video game franchise into an HBO series. And all, we also know that uh, Orphan of the Show, uh, Shinobu, is one of uh, Russell's favorite series. It is. Friend of the show, Russell. He listened, he listened to last week's episode. He was he was giving me some feedback on our episode last week. Uh, I prefer Orphan of the Show. Orphan uh, of the Show? <laughs> Left Behind? Exile of the Show. Exile. Exile <laughs> makes it sound like... That makes it sound like he was banished. He was excommunicated. He chose his excommunication. This is our our lore. (laughs) Feel free to come back and and fight his excommunication anytime. We're creating this backstory? Yeah. He'll have to come up with his redemption arc. Yeah, he's on right now. He's on a a Star Trek bridge somewhere. (laughs) Everybody likes a redemption story. We've got to figure out how Russell's going to make his way back. What his trials and tribulations were. Oh, God. That's the Phoenix Wright title. (laughs) It is, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Turnabout something. <laughs> That's what his case will oh, be. Oh, God, yeah. Turnabout podcasters. So this is all from, uh, I think you mentioned from Jumasi from Sal. Um, they did note that uh, The Last of Us movie is not happening anymore. So this is, uh, it's, this is it. This is a TV show. All right, I'm going to go out on a limb here, right? I prefer TV shows over movies at this point. I feel like I can get more into... Story arcs, characters, depth, lore, music. A movie can be a great showpiece for a smaller story to tell, maybe on a grander stage, but there's something about the serial presentation of a TV show or anime or something like that. You know what I mean? As a story as complex as The Last of Us, I agree. Uh, that one is better suits a multi-arc versus trying to condense the story in two hours and make it good. Yeah. Um, we can probably get away with it uh, on Uncharted because, you know, they can do like an Indiana Jones type feel and get everything done in a two-hour block and kind of seal it off versus if you did it as a TV show. Right. Uh, in my opinion, we'll probably feel like it's lingering for too long. Like, all right, they're stretching this out for too long because it's like it's one of those action type things where you, they just get it done. They did That's say this my was... opinion. Some people may see it differently, so... They did say this was going to follow the story of the game, right? Yes, they said uh, everything from the first game, and then I think that's why Neil's actually adapting it. 
Okay. Because I think I think he he wrote the adaptation for Uncharted and he wrote adaptation for The Last of Us and for the movies and you know they passed on the movie one and he was like I'm done. He's like I'm not doing any more adaptations. Right. And I think he went ahead and did The Last of Us and they didn't even sign on for a movie because he they couldn't he couldn't get them to take the strip that they, he liked. So yeah. I think this is kind of like the meeting in the middle. So because I think he's definitely the main writer of this. So. Probably the same argument I made where he didn't want to have to tell that story in two hours. Yeah, I mean, that game works better as a, a more steady slog versus a condensed format. So You finish this. Is it is it conducive to TV format? Is it, is it going to be something that plays out well over, a, let's say, oh, a 10-episode yeah. arc? It, it does. I mean, the, the villains they have on there and then the, the story bits... Uh, it would have been a, doing it in the movie for that game would have been there's a lot of uh, crucial moments in there and cutting anything out right uh, probably would have robbed it would have robbed from the original source or it would have been glossed you know a, a key impact would have been you know a five minute bit and then move on to the next thing versus okay here's how this hour episode is going to finish and then our audience is going to have a week to think about it because HBO doesn't put all their stuff out at one time you still have to do the whole weekly you know it'll be a water cooler type moment for this for this franchise for now hbo max launches in may so they're going to do a little bit of a bow for they'll launch everything at once so they're spending that money because they're spending all that money to get that friends reunion so it launches this may yeah okay so it wouldn't be something to come out with but i don't think the last of us tv adaptation would be a a service launching type thing it's a big deal but i don't see it as being that big friends yes Friends is a lot. Well, I mean, that's just the issue that Disney's running into with their Disney Plus is that because uh, we know Bob uh, Bob Iger, he left, he stepped down and he's not the CEO anymore. There's a new Bob, um, right? There's another Bob. Behind every Bob, there's another Bob. There's a new Bob in town. Uh, you're bobbing around. Bob, 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 around. <laughs> so um, outside of that, I, I read an article on, I think, The Hollywood Reporter where they kind of, because uh, he's still on the board, he's still getting paid till 2021, and they were kind of going into details about what he's doing. So at this point, it seems like uh, from the arc already, he's sealing off his legacy. So he's trying to end it on a high note. He's actually streamlining uh, content for uh, Disney Plus in his final year and a half left. Okay. So he's uh, he's responsible about keeping it, keeping new content coming in. So it seems like he's going to do that finish where like I started this. I don't want it to fail because you know we our back catalog is great, but we need to keep new content coming through. Right. So, I mean, you look at it now, they, they announced what Hocus Pocus 2. People have been wanting a sequel for that movie for, like, how long? That's like a cult classic. 30 years. And then everybody's coming back. You know, Kathy and, uh, Kathy and um, Sarah Jessica Parker, everybody's mm-hmm. back for this one. So, so you know, they're, they're doing a lot of stuff on there, like a lot of fan favorites. You know, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids reboot. Rick Moranis is coming out of retirement. I was about to say, he hasn't, he hasn't done a movie in years. He didn't need to. Remember, he's unfortunately, uh, God hurt his soul, the, um, his wife passed, and he raised his kids. Yep. And he just concentrated on that, and he never felt the need to go back to acting. They finally pulled him back. So, we'll see which I'm kind of excited about it. All we, need, all we need now is a Little Giants, too. <laughs> you want a new Little Giants? Yeah, I remember. I still remember the, the football play, the annexation of Puerto Rico, the one that won <laughs> the game. We're on the annexation of Puerto Rico. It's like them just tossing the football around like 85 different receivers. <laughs> Some crazy-ass play. Yeah. All right, so we'll see what The uh, Last of Us turns into. Um, PlayStation Now adds control. You put that in our news bit. 
but they're adding a bunch more games to PlayStation now. It's a pretty good lineup. Yeah, we got um, Control, which is a huge one. Yep, it's uh, on my it's on my backlog. Going to go to um, Game Pass first. Yeah, that's the one that um, um, Phil Spencer had mentioned, kind of casually yeah. in a podcast. I guess they they mentioned it before the deal was done. Well, this uh, PlayStation Now specifically runs till August thirty first, so I think you were saying in pre production you think that's when it'll land on Game Pass. That's what happened with Grand Theft Auto Five because remember it was only that's exclusive, right. and that right after that it landed on Game Pass. That's right. Um, we also got a uh, Dead or Alive uh, Cinco last round. Okay. Not even the new one, which is weird. NASCAR Heat three. <laughs> uh, some JRPGs, uh, Nice of the Zero one and two. Uh, Romance of the Three Kingdoms. Thirteen. Thirteen. Uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, which just is getting ready to leave uh, Game, Game Pass. Pass. Yeah. Uh, two Code and Kwame. Two Code and Two. A lot of uh, Koei Tecmo. This I time. see that. And Omega Force. Uh, Warriors All Stars, which is always a good time. I heard that was good. And then the Wolfenstein Twos of the New Colossuses. That one and seems is... to be. Some of these games will hit these circuits at the same time, and it seems like that one's on sale right now in a bunch of different places. Mm-hmm. And that's some, one of the strengths that uh, I think PlayStation now needs to have is that uh, I know you know Game Pass has that ten percent on certain games and twenty percent on others when it leaves the service. So yeah. I think that's something they'll need to implement for their uh, PlayStation Plus users yep. to help entice them to buy these games as they leave the service. Right. You got hooked on it. Uh, we know you want to keep playing it. Here's a discount to, to stay with it. And I kind of dig the transparency from Sony. You know, like they're like, all right, you got until August to play Control. Yeah. They always, uh, Microsoft's always been like, all right, we're adding this here. We just don't know how, how long for until, you know, they, they do their updates monthly. Until you get like three days left. Yeah. Uh, I still need to play try PlayStation now. We talked about all the Sly Cooper games sitting on the service last week. Especially as I've, I've got a bit of uh, the majority of my collection packed up currently and I just want to dabble in some games here and there, you know. It'd be a good thing mm-hmm. to, to have and just fire up. They, they got um, 800 games between PS4, PS2, and PS3, so it's a, it's a good bit. Not everything are heavy hitters. A lot of them are very niche, which I think is pretty cool. Right. Um, I mean, even our Silent Hill 2 and 3 HD collections on there. Okay. So, are the all better the, one, uh... the, the actual updated one with the fog, not the 360 one <laughs> where they just gave up. So The patchless version? The one where they have the Bart Simpson bringing the cake over, like, at least you tried, you throw it in the trash can. <laughs> are all of the um, PS3 platformers, like the remasters and everything on there, like Ratchet and & Clank and Jack and & Daxter and Sly? I believe so. Um, the I only thing I know is a glaring miss is that there's only Resistance 3, which I'm fine with. We don't get Resistance 1 and 2. Huh. But uh, I think Resistance 3 is probably the best one anyway, so that's just my opinion. 1 and 2 we would end up playing split-screen co-op anyways. Yeah, 1 was good. Uh, 2 was a little bit more arcade. Extremely arcade. Co-op. Yep. Uh, I, did, I, I did enjoy the story when they kind of finished up with Nathan Hale. And then uh, the third one was, uh, I think that was kind of like their opus to that uh, series and I really wish they would bring that back so maybe we get a new resistance with PS5 resist the resistance I forgot uh, I forgot resistance I forgot PlayStation now is $10 a month now or $60 a year that's it's a pretty good value yeah next time it goes on sale I'm I'm gonna grab it I'm gonna scoop it up I mean you can try 7 days for free but I I would wait until you get time to play it and squander that 7 days you know take advantage of it fully that way you can be like, all right, this is something I'll definitely get in once I see shit on sale. Exactly. <laughs> you know, like when I see the 
yearly service on sale for like 50 or something like that. I'll it's, jump. It's been 40 before, I think, and I'm, I'll jump next time I see it for 40. Mm-hmm. I've used mine quite a bit, so. It also has got your uh, your game of uh, the generation, the puppeteer on there. It does have puppeteer. Uh-huh. I love me some puppeteer. Uh, next up, Call of Duty. The free Battle Royale game that's been uh, rumored for so long and that people were blasting Jason Schreier for. The worst kept secret in gaming. It's up there, isn't it? With uh, Resident Evil 3, it was up there, too. Yeah. Uh, this is called Warzone, and it's a standalone game. I don't, I don't think... I don't think we knew it was standalone. I thought it was an expansion to this most well, recent it, Call of Duty. This is this is where it gets dicey, and this is where I was laughing about it at work because uh, it's like if we mean you old Modern Warfare, so it's a fifteen to twenty gig update. Right. For the people who don't own Modern Warfare, it's a <laughs> eighty to hundred gig update. I saw that. <laughs> I, I was I was loving the Twitter responses where people were just doing the whole gifts where people were just passing out eighty gigs. Cool. <laughs> uh, Listeners, I wish y'all could have seen that. We're on, uh, obviously, it's a call in, so we're on Skype. It was yeah. pretty, good, pretty good animation on Cesar's part. <laughs> Me passing out. <laughs> I'm excited about trying it because of uh, three things uh, it does solo, duels, and three person teams. Yep. Also, you can do up to 150 players, which yep. is pretty badass. Let me know when you yeah, want to play it, sir. I'm down. Um, they said they're talking about increasing the cap to 200. That would be I guess cool. They're going to see how it goes. So I just love the chaos. You know me. And they've got a free-to-play model, so they're they're going to get a whole bunch of new players in there. Mm-hmm. I'm down to try this whenever you are. And this is all from the the polygons from the Michael McWhorters. Uh, and I think they are, you know, after that, you know, the YouTube video. I think there were some YouTube videos that were posted of it there. He was uh, noting about it being an early release and an imminent and all that stuff on there that was getting taken down from Activision. So. I think the big thing was like uh, respawn mode... Um, there's a jump master mechanic like Apex Legends vehicles. It seems like a mix of everything up to this point, including their own blackout mode. Oh god, here it is. The tweet just came in. We just talked about it. E3 is hot getting news. canceled. Oh god, hot off the presses. Yeah. E3 is getting canceled. Holy shit. Oh wait, look at the look who it's sourced from. It's Devolver Digital. Oh god, we were trolled, everyone. <laughs> We thought it was hot off the presses. I was laughing because somebody on here re-edited the tweet and put cancel E3, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> what did Devolver say? What What is the actual context? Cancel your E3 flights and hotels, y'all. But, you know, they just talking shit. Yeah, Devolver does that. They're they're Because, you know, they they were talking about, like, even if E3 didn't happen, they'll be in the parking lot out there still showing their games. <laughs> <I know. laughs> that's, that's what they do. God bless Devolver. They're their own special people, aren't they? Yeah. They make good-ass games, man. Uh, my friend Pedro is on the Humble Bundle. That's one of the ones I'm going to pick up. Yeah, same here. It's a good one. Uh, next up, 2K Games announces partnership with NFL to produce multiple, here's the key, non-simulation football games. When this the key was was reiterated from EA. And they were like, whoa. Yep. Everybody freaked whoa. out. I saw the cover of the Terrell Owens NFL 2K5 like, like a don't, thousand fucking like, places. They're like, don't trade in your NFL 2K5 yet. <laughs> We're still going to have our memory card. You send us a memory card. We upgrade your rosters for 25-hour yeah. service. That's still intact. Yep, that uh, that guy named uh, Bob over on eBay was sweating. It's like, oh, shit. Dude, my I, uh, source of income is done. I seriously consider doing that for the MVP baseball last year. I may actually do it this year. You know I was kicking around last year. I may do it for my Braves roster this year. Uh, so it's going to be NFL games, but it's not going to be... 
you know, Madden-esque simulations. It's going to be... Everything in between, basically. Everything but the simulations. So you're thinking like Blitz-style games or um, NFL Street, that kind of thing? I think that's what... Uh, I actually read this on multiple places. It, it was breaking news on fucking ESPN of all places and Bleacher Report, every uh, sports organization. Sports, yeah. So Bleacher Report, there's a lot of excitement behind it. Bleacher Report was very... Word is official announcements coming soon about the cancellation of E3. Do you this remember? Um, oh, it is serious then? Yeah. From oh, wow. So uh, we'll have more to talk about that later on this week yeah. and more details about what went down. Um, so I think Bleacher Report specifically said that um, it's they're looking more in the veins of NFL, you know, street, NFL blitz, more of the arcade type, you know, the thing that... uh. Madden has been trying to branch out with the last two versions in the last couple of years and, and included arcade mode that yeah. was hit or miss because a lot of people in my job love. They're, they're really excited about this. They love NFL 2K, and they, the, what they're most excited about is they know it's not simulation, but they just some some form of competition yeah. to, to foster growth. Something they're, different with that license on it. Because a lot of people in my job, are they're tired of FIFA. They're tired of Madden. And it's like right now they've just been, and I understand that they're just doing band-aids until the next generation. I'm, we're probably not going to see anything big until we get to uh, the Series X or PlayStation 5. Right. Because they're probably holding everything. Any of the changes and all that, the next evolution of those games are probably not going to happen until then. Oh, yeah. You remember yeah. that first Madden 06 for uh, Xbox 360, how pissed off people were at that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm with we you, though. Might, we might not even get it the first year. Like, that's a good point you brought up. Yeah. It might just be a port. So, it's just that this, a lot of people are tired of it. They just want something different. I love watching videos on uh, YouTube where, you know, like they're doing esports for FIFA over there in the UK. And they're like the guy who's like won the things like, yeah, you know, EA makes a shit game. They're just like giving EA hell. They're like, they're like, they're ready for something different. So. Mm-hmm. Competition's good for everybody. No, I'm going back to that last point that you made. Um, Madden on 06 on 360, you know, it looked shiny and looked great, but it was missing so many features that the, the Xbox and PS2 and GameCube editions were still... That was the definitive year of, this year, of that year's Madden. Mm-hmm. And with the new consoles this fall, you may not have an exclusive next-gen version. You may just be buying that, that same SKU, and you know you just get whatever um, prettied-up version or you know a newer build of that engine on depending on which console you have. So we may not, we may not be short any features. Right. Uh, we're on record on this podcast loving arcade sports titles anyways. We're not really huge fans of simulation type stuff anyway so um i know you and i are both definitely looking forward to our arcade stuff uh so we'll see what's coming up with that and then last but not least we'll take a quick break here uh this was rumored i think this was another jason schreier article right that horizon zero dawn was coming to pc yeah we just got a uh, there's a this i think i don't know who broke this i think it might have been g Mossy that i quoted on here but it's actually a quote from the playstation blog yeah it's coming holt said that the new studio heads from gorilla is um going to clarify later there's he went and said like hey guys we're still making dedicated gaming hardware we're dedicating games you know don't freak out we saw a lot of uh people complaining about this yep. he said there's gonna be certain games that we feel that is a better fit on multiple platforms to get people into the playstation family he didn't go into more details. He just said that the new uh, studio heads of Gorilla are going to make this announcement and soon. So, so th- this will be like the game of the year edition that comes with everything. And this this is probably, probably so. this is probably setting up a new horizon. 
uh, title for next generation, but it, it opens it up to everybody on PC. So that's that's a good thing for everybody. Uh, mm-hmm. That'll wrap up news. We'll take a quick break and we'll come back for games played. And we're back. Let's do some games played. I've actually played some games. Uh, I guess games. It counts. It qualifies. Games is plural. It may be from one uh, series slash saga. And they may be they may be a lot more similar than people may think. But they are two separate games. Uh, let's start off with you, sir. What games? Yeah, we'll just, you we'll just hold off and keep everybody guessing until it's your turn. It looks like you've been playing one specific type of title. <laughs> Oh, yeah, like they're all from one studio, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was like, it's weird, right? It's platinum like, games lineup. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, I, I'll i start off. I went ahead and finished finally Bayonetta this week. Uh, I got to the end, and I was like, man, I haven't played Bayonetta 2 in a while, and I fucking put Bayonetta 2 in over the weekend. Uh-huh. And I fucking beat it in, like, almost eight hours sitting. Like, uh, I just sat there all weekend playing Bayonetta on the Switch. <laughs> Bayonetta 2. I just went through it, and I was like, man, I love Bayonetta 2, man. That's like, it took everything from the first game and uh, upped it. Uh, I dig the story, which was kind of like a sequel and a prequel, because mm-hmm. it, it it took, like, some of the time-based mechanics from the... Uh, it took, like, there's a time-based mechanic, you know, like, a lot of people fuck up on stories, and they just get too bossed, and like, how could this happen? If it, this happens, it fucks up the timeline type right. situation. Right, Um it does a very good job of uh, making a sequel and kind of closing off any opening threads from the first game and kind of reiterates and does like a prequel towards the end where it shows like how the events happened in the first game, which is kind of weird. It's kind of weird to, you know, describe on here. A lot of people are probably like, huh? But it's one of those things like if you guys ever get a chance to play, you know, play the first one, then play the second one and you kind of get the whole saga. Uh, which is also kind of weird where I don't know where they're going to go with a third one. You but, talked about Bayonetta lore a little bit last week, and I was totally lost. Yeah, they, they closed it off and it finishes well. Like, uh, Hideki, he didn't direct this one, but he wrote the story for this one, so it, this was definitely, he had two games in his mind. You gotcha. get that impression on there. But uh, gameplay-wise, um, it is... This, it was cool for me playing it back-to-back because I see the difference. You know, it seems like the first one was good, good action-wise. It was a little bit of a slog. Uh, at certain points where kind of like they go too heavy on the action, like, all right, they kind of cleaned up in the second one a lot where, you know, you're it, it pushes you forward, you're playing through the game. Better pacing. Uh, it is way better pacing. It doesn't seem like anything's cut out. The boss battles are like up to 10. It keeps you engaged. It's I, I definitely, definitely way better. I enjoyed it much more immensely. But you also had, what, like seven years uh, gap in game development and all that kind of stuff in between the two titles? Right. Yeah. So I'm interested and I'm excited because I'm hoping we'll get a Bayonetta 3. We know we're getting it. Yeah. Uh, hopefully we'll get it this year. Um, don't know yet. But in uh, all that, I, I decided, like, all right, you know, since Vanquish is on the same disc <laughs> as Bayonetta on the PS4. <laughs> Your platinum kit me, continues. Let me fire up uh, Vanquish because I know I kind of, like, dabbled a little bit last week. I said I fired up just to see it. Um, when I started playing Vanquish, I, was, I remember fondly when I played it on PS3, I was like, I enjoyed the game immensely. I thought it was a lot of fun. I started playing it in the beginning. It's like, I don't remember why I like this game so much. And it just seems, um, cause I don't know. It just, uh, it doesn't flow out right in the beginning. Uh, but I, I realized after, um, I realized after maybe an hour uh-huh. into it, why I enjoyed it so much. And that was uh, the gameplay. I mean, it's like uh, sliding around using the cover base system, which you're a fan of. 
that seems to be the thing behind this title, right? Is the sliding around? Because I, I think that's all I've ever associated with it. I don't know anything about Vanquish either. Yeah, because you can slide around. You can use cover base attack uh, as more of a tactician. You you get different weapons that are just left at different uh, areas. Yeah. You can upgrade those weapons as you go as you kill enemies. There's also like a kind of wood, a witch bullet time where you kind of press the X and slide over, and you can jump and it slows down time so you can do a more precise aim. It's a it's something that kind of like the wild. bow shooting on Zelda, on Breath of the Wild. Yeah, when you jump up. Yep. Um, it's kind of like it gives you a lot to do, but it all fits well together, and it takes a minute to get your groove going. Once you get your groove going and you're going through the battles, mm. it's a lot of fun. Okay. Uh, the story is very uh, 90s sci-fi-ish, where it's like kind of like a Elysium with Matt Damon or uh, Starship Troopers. It's like you're in space. Uh, it's always Russia's trying to destroy the United States, and <laughs> they send in you, Sam Gideon, who sounds a lot like uh, David Hightower, who's up Metal Gear Solid. Really? And you're sort of named after like Sam Fisher, but uh, you're you're going in there, and you're like, you got to get everybody out, and you you work for DARPA, and you're testing out the suit, and um, and you you know you're not working for the DARPA chief to die. Uh, <laughs> I was trying, but, uh, I was trying to go with the DARPA chief. DARPA chief. Um, so, it, yeah, it, it grows on you, and it's like you have to go in there in that '90s mindset. Like this is a uh, like. There's no way you can make sense of anything that's going on. Right. They're all like space marines. Uh, and the Burns is like the, the 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 guy that goes by the book. It's like, leave the men behind. We don't have time for it. And Sam's like, no, I'll save them. And he's like, Arr. and there's like these smiles. It's like these little cheesy <laughs> moments. It's like it's it's like one of those summer blockbuster movies, you know. It's like it all. Like I said, when the Russians took over and they took over like the satellite, they uh, used it to burn and kill everybody in San Francisco. Like boiled the whole area, and like people were exploding and the water was blowing. So like they were like, uh, we're going to use it on you know your capital next if you don't surrender. You know the oh, president. She comes out there and she's like, you know the United States never negotiates with terrorists. You know it's that whole. And then that's why you get sent in. It's very yeah. Metal Gear esque. Yeah. Yeah. It's good, man. It, it, it takes a minute to get into the story, but uh, like I'm been there, and I'm, it's just the whole gameplay thing. It's, I'm having a lot of fun with it now. I'm just I uh, love the gameplay aspect of it. it. Just took it a while to get there. Um, What's next so, on your platinum games list? <laughs> uh, yeah, after that, I was like, well, you know what? Fuck it. Let me just go in all in, uh, and I, I, I fired up Astral Chain and started going <laughs> through that. I don't know why I'm doing these uh, these bits where I do. Uh, um, these whole game studios, like I'm going through all those Resident Evils, I'm still, which I'm still going through. I just uh, kind of put a pause on that. We're streaking, and, man. Uh, That's how it happens. That's how it works. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I fired up Astral Chain, and I'm just going through it. I just kind of just fired it up. I don't have much. I'll just mention on there that I've, I've gone back into it. I enjoyed the gameplay in that one. I'm still going through that story. I know you brought it up the last time. I think we mentioned it last year when I started playing it. That, yep. that game, it's a fucking long-ass game. You said some people spend like hundreds of hours in that game. Yep. Just trying to do everything in there. Did you start a new save profile, or you picked up where you left off? I totally say started a new save profile because I was sitting yeah. in the police station. It's like I don't remember a fucking thing I did. Yep. And That's I was what like, I have let to me do. go to the computer. Maybe the computer will tell me what I did. And the computer's like, oh, replay this level. I'm like, I'm gonna replay the level. I start from the fucking beginning. So, <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, I'm not gonna do that. So it, might as well. I only did like two missions, so it wasn't that long. It's just me going through as I get my little uh, phantom guy right. cuffed to me. Is the beginning part. Kind of like the introduction to the gameplay. As they which, chain your astral to you? Yep, basically. And I get changed with astrals. <laughs> uh, the ones that don't cheat. Um, <laughs> outside of that, uh, I fired up, because uh, we know Ori and 
came out this week. The Ori, Ori Dose. Uh, I, I did fire up Ori in the Woods. I had it on the Switch for a while. I just wanted to fire up and see how it was, and I got maybe like three hours into it. How does it play on Switch? It loads forever in the beginning. Loading the memory, Cuphead does the same thing too. Okay. But once it gets there, it runs just fine. It looks then great. it's good to go. Yeah, it looks fine. Yeah, I, I'm okay with it. Ori was one uh, of those games that uh, was at that magical Microsoft E3 conference that got us super hyped on Xbox. Remember? Yeah. It's what convinced us to buy ones. Yep. It's yeah, and it, one uh, of those games. The story is very uh, similar to like the Lion King. It's very uh, Disney esque. 90s Disney-esque, uh, yep. but it, it's good. Music's good. It's a uh, gameplay. I haven't gotten too far into because it's like, it's like me every time I start Ori when I started on PC and or started on Xbox, I always start at the beginning like I like Metroidvania games and then like ooh piece of candy I see something else and I will start playing that. So yep. uh, that's me I'm about kinda... an hour into Ori and uh, Hollow Knight. I don't know if I'll ever go back to Hollow Knight. We, we all will, man. We can't lose faith one day. <laughs> um. So, yeah, I'm going to try to go through it. Hopefully, it's only an eight-hour game and then get to the the new one. Okay. Since we all get a copy on Game Pass, so I can mm-hmm. actually fucking use Game Pass. I don't. We, I have that thing until 2021. I don't think I've actually used that service on its attended usage. Gears so. Machine. Dedicated Gears Machine. Your, uh, your mic right now sounds perfect. I don't know what the condition is, but it sounds perfect right now. It's been popping it's, in and out for some reason. It is literally... Glued to my face. That's the only thing I can think of. I've been I seeing that. I have no yeah. clue. I have no clue. I, I don't know what to tell you. Maybe it's, it's like, only, maybe it's rotating. It, it could just because the downside of us recording like this. We're um, almost done. Know. We're almost there. Yeah. And you sound fine. Uh, so outside of that, um, we all know Half-Life Alex is coming on there. And uh, Black Mesa was in, was it Green, what do they call that shit? Green Light? Greenlight, is that what it is? It's early access on Steam, but it's it's got another early term for it. I know what you're talking about. Early access is what I need because I got yeah. this on Steam. So I got the tweets, and I'm sure you did too. Like, what well, full version of Black Mesa is out. So uh-huh. I was like, all right, time to buy. So I did it because it was $20, and I think it was going to end up going at some point. Um, it is a fucking fatal. I really want to see your impression of Black Mesa because you put in some good time on Half-Life. I did. Um, and it's a very fucking faithful recreation of Half-Life. And I was it playing was, the original. I wasn't playing the Source that source port they made yeah this is this is it it's it's they've it's so far what i've seen i think at the a lot of people i've read online since towards the end they kind of change it a little bit kind of modernize it uh-huh. but at the very beginning is you riding the tram and it, it looks fucking great does it um no um I, my setup doesn't really have a great keyboard and mouse to use so if, uh, i've tried to use like an xbox 360 controller okay to kind of play it does not work with that so I went ahead and cracked out the Steam controller. Does that mean you bought for five dollars? Oh God! Uh, I'm a fucking huge fan of that Steam controller. Seriously? It is really good. It's because like that whole uh, surprise right that whole right side where it's kind of like David in. Right. It's used as your mouse pointer. Okay. And then I'm using the clicks as the triggers. It it works. It fucking works. I'm huh. sitting here like I'm like I was like man I wish I would have bought four of these things. Now they're like a hundred dollars on eBay. So uh, I'm like. Hmm. It works. I'm I'm a, I'm a huge fan of it. I don't know if I'm a huge fan of it of every game, but it works really well in that fucking Black Mesa. It works for Black Mesa. Highly impressed. Yeah. So Black Mesa is like a fan made mod remake of the first Half Life. Like with which is it made with Unreal or something? Uh, so I think it's a new Source Engine. Okay, so it's Valve's it's a, it's own the newest thing. one. Yeah, I think it's the one they use for like the Half Life Two. It's got Valve's blessing. Yeah. They approved. So they they, they, they were approved like, yeah, them. Do it. We're not going to do anything with it. Go for it. That's awesome. You know, 
it, and it's a it's a fucking faithful recreation of what I found there. It's I'm enjoying it. It's, it really works. I like it. Black Mesa. Yeah. Um, that's everything I played this week. I know, kind of just kind of glossed over it. And all all I want everybody knows is play Bayonetta. <laughs> everybody, everybody, play Bayonetta. That's your disclaimer. Play Bayonetta. Every time I see the Let's Rock, where the, uh, which I know she's copying off of Dante for Don't Make Cry, I always take a a video and post it online. Well, it's a spiritual successor to that, anyways, right? Yeah. Yeah. After all that shit, like uh, Hideki came out there, it's like I want to make every game. I want to make Bayonetta versus Dante. And we're like, what the fuck's <laughs> happening? <laughs> like, how did this even come up? You know. Hey, whatever is in his mind, that's his fever dream, right? Yeah, and then I'll just get blocked on Twitter now because of it. So, like, where's that bastard? Block his ass. <laughs> How dare he talk about my uh, Bayonetta versus Dante? He's gonna seek you out and find you. I'm gonna tag yeah. you. I'm gonna tag you in something just so he does block you. He'll he, yeah, he'll fucking block me. Great. I'll just have to create a whole new tag, like a whole new uh, Twitter ID. We'll just keep getting blocked. That's our. That'll be our segment for the week. <laughs> which Cesar gets blocked. Cesar gets blocked from Hideki. Which account got blocked? Yep. I like it. Until he until he realizes and we meet him at one day at uh, like PAX and like, hey man, you blocked me uh, five hundred times. <laughs> and he's like, what? And we'll just blow his mind. He'll just get off Twitter after that and never use it again. It's probably not even him. It's probably some staffer that just does it over and over and over. Uh, I would imagine. Yep. That or he's using some kind of tweet deck where it's mm. automatically has one button that says block everybody that replies to you. Accept and block. Yep. Immediately. Yep. Except people who are on your uh, followers list, you know, like you are following. Except mute block. Yeah. <laughs> Unfriend. Was it? Yeah. It was a. It was a mute block. Unfollow. Unfollow. <laughs> no, it's, it's mute. Unfollow and block. Those are the steps. Yep. 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 And you will never see that person ever again. It's like they never existed on Twitter. <laughs> I, I love it when people give me shit on Twitter. I'm like, all right, mute, unfollow, block. Block. Well, you saw what happened. To, they won't exist. You saw what happened to me. I opened up uh, my Twitter security to post that Final Fantasy VII remake demo video that I put up, and I immediately got like this crazy sex bot message that put me in a a message thread with like eighteen other people with just like penis photos and all kinds of shit. Just crazy. dude, I've never in my life ever ever had that. Somebody was like, they were waiting for your ass. It was like, immediate. That he's on private, and one day he's going to open to the public, and he's going to see my public. <laughs> Dude, Privates. it was immediate. I got it within, like, five minutes. I was like, fuck, this is what I've been dreading this whole time. I just want to put this video out for three of my friends. And I immediately got dick pics in my uh, <laughs> direct messages so, on Twitter. Somebody, somebody was waiting for your ass. They were like, finally. Jennifer like, Jones. They were like fucking uh, Star-Lord from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Jennifer Jones, too. I went to school. I mean, it's a common name. I went to school with a Jennifer Jones. I, was, I just clicked on the thread, and here's somebody holding their penis. I'm like, all right, here we go. 18 people in this thread with me looking at penis <laughs> pictures. Like, why did this happen? This is like 18 different people holding different penises. It's like, Richard's like, this is what I wanted. Thank you, uh, thank you Twitter. This is the Twitter they warned me about. <laughs> this, is, this is what I always wanted. I should have done this sooner. <laughs> why did I have to do that to put a PlayStation video up, the PS4 share? I don't know, because, you know, I've, I've never been private, so it could just be yeah. that that whole tag needs to be public to be shared. Whatever, man. It was worth if it. You, I had a pretty good video. Did you watch it? <laughs> yeah, it was interesting. <laughs> All right, so that's one of the games I played. I've played two Final Fantasy VII games in the past week. I played a little bit of Crisis Core on the PlayStation Portable, and then I played the Final Fantasy VII Remake demo. I actually followed up on something I said I was going to do from last week. Uh, I played Crisis Core like 
a year and a half ago when I was on my big PSP kick, and I talked about it on the podcast. Um, you know, it kind of introduces the backstory. It's like the first story in that compilation of Final Fantasy VII uh, storyline. You and I talked about playing Dirge of Cerberus. That's the most recent one in that storyline, if I remember right. Um, it's after Advent Children and all that stuff. But Crisis Core is, you know, it's a PSP game. It's made for it's made for short sessions. Uh, the first mission you're playing is Zach Fair, who has the Buster Sword. Well, he doesn't even have the Buster Sword yet, so it's a it's a lead into how he gets the Buster mm-hmm. Sword, I guess. And you know, because yeah, if I remember correctly, it was like him just starting out in Soldier, right? Yeah, he's he's starting like out in Soldier. He's trying to make first class. Yeah, and it references some of the events that take place in Final Fantasy VII, which is why I wanted to play because they haven't struck any of the stuff from canon, as far as I know. Like this is still Zach Fair is still a major character. All this kind of stuff leads up in, into Final Fantasy VII. I always wanted to play this before, you know, experiencing that game and kind of seeing where Cloud comes from and that kind of stuff. Yeah, because you know, in Seven spoilers, but you know, we learned that you know he, Cloud was imprinted with that. Those mm-hmm. memories. Yeah, the, it's like you kind of get that fill in the blanks about how that happened. Yep, the Mako kind of crosses over and he gets he gets some of Zack's memories. But um, so uh, Shinra's at war with Wu Tai, which they do reference in Final Fantasy VII. Like Wu Tai lost. Not the, the Wu Tang Clan. Not the Wu Tang Clan. The Wu Tai Clan. They lost Wu-Tang. the war. <laughs> they lost the war and got turned into like a resort area. Isn't that isn't that crazy? Like. You got wiped out by this electric company, and then you just got... I guess it propped up your um, economy and stuff, but now you're just like a resort nation. You're not a proud... Because I'm fighting Wu-Tai right now as Zack, and he... You know, I'm like two hours in, but they're they're already saying... You know, they're telling him Shinra's sucking the life out of the planet by pulling the Mako out of it and that kind of stuff. And he's like, what? You know, this company's been great to me and that kind of stuff. So they're starting that character arc of... He's kind of just a tool right now that's being used by Shinra as as a soldier, as a mercenary. So I'm kind of excited to see where that goes from there. I think I'll pick up with it. I'll stick with it. I'm, I always do this, it seems like, and then fall off. It just... Things come up, man. Life is tough sometimes. It, stuff gets in the way. Games are a good distraction, but sometimes there's, there's no time even for distractions. But um, I'm wrapping up that first uh, bit of Wu-Tai. Uh, you actually meet Yuffie early on, the ninja girl from Final Fantasy VII. And I don't think she's going to be in Remake. I don't think you ever encounter her that early, but they're already doing some weird shit with that game anyway, so there's no telling if she'll be in it or not. Have you seen a Yuffie uh, character model for Remake yet? No. Um, I don't think so. She was never introduced in that first disc. She was always in the second one, right? Oh, yeah. So... Yeah, second disc. Because the third disc is basically just the last battle and the, the video and all that. And uh, me just going back to the Midgar and it's like, please answer disc one. Yep, you got it. Midgar's all on disc one. That's a huge-ass disc. I can see why it's going to be, why it's going to be, uh, you know, remake's going to be just the Midgar section. Uh, I guess it's best to segue on to the remake demo. Um, you've played it, sir. Do you have any, like, quick questions for me for hot takes or anything like that? Kind of interview um, me type deal. This, well, I mean, the biggest thing for me, for you, I think, is because you you've totally bypassed Kingdom Hearts mostly, mm-hmm. and you bypassed Final Fantasy fifteen. Right. Uh, so, what is your biggest thought on the battle system going from turn base going to this pseudo turn base? The battle system is weird. I felt like by the end of it, I started to get the hang of it, but it wasn't something that still felt natural. 
um, it seemed like there was a huge difference between the normal enemies that you would encounter in the map and that scorpion boss. Like, there was no in-between. Like, the, the normal enemies in the map were just, you know, take them out, switch to Barrett if you want to shoot them when they're up high, that kind of thing. I did like that. I love switching between them. That came really mm. easy. The Using the left and right direction pad buttons to switch between your party members. Um, and that's just with two people. I can imagine with having three party members, that's going to get kind of crazy. Especially as you're trying to remember, like, Barrett had Bolt... Or he had the lightning magic and one other magic, and then Cloud had the fire magic, right? So it was trying to remember who had what as you switch between menus, and there wasn't really any other indicator other than a name was lit up. Like, even on the old Final Fantasy VII, the HUD, you could tell, like, okay, I'm selecting Cloud, I'm going over here in this menu, it's going to be Cloud, it's going to be magic. You know, you were always reminded of who you were and what you were doing. Mm-hmm. Whereas this, especially with that boss, man, it got chaotic as shit with that scorpion boss. And I played on normal difficulty. I think that's an important thing to add. Do you do you remember what difficulty setting you set it on? I uh, did it normal as well because I think our choice is what's casual, normal, and uh, hard, right? I think it's classic. I think classic, classic is like an even more slower version of normal. And um, like you can keep attacking. I could see this is a total remake. I'm not expecting the same game, right? And the things, these are, I'm, I guess I'm starting with the negatives because everything else about this I fucking loved. It was... I had a knot in my throat. I had tears in the corner of my eyes. Like, this was this was what I wanted, you know? Um, where was I going with that train of thought? Difficulty. Uh, yes, yes. The, the, I think the, the biggest gripe between uh, all of us is going to be that battle system. Difficulty in the battle system, and it's just so fucking bizarre, and I couldn't tell half the time... Like, what I was focused on. Like, there was a certain point in that Scorpion boss, which took way too long. It was like 25 minutes, dude. It was way too long in one battle. And I texted you back and said, welcome to the world of Final Fantasy XV. There were some boss battles that just edged on. On and on and on. So, there was a a point. So, the Scorpion boss will light up blue, and he's about to put out an EMP blast, right? So, you got to back the fuck up. You got to get away from him. Or he's going to drop you for like 150 health. Yeah, and... um... There's I should have no known. Brandon, there's no Brandon Fraser and there's no Dwayne The Rock Johnson. So. <laughs> there's not at all. Um, I should have known something was up because going into that battle, I had like 25 potions. I'm like, why am I going to need this many potions? I fucking used every single one of them. You like the Jim Ryan of potions? Like, who's going to use all these potions? Who needs all these potions? <laughs> Who needs all these old potions? And Cloud died twice. I had to res him with uh, Barrett twice. Did you ever have a character die? I did not. You did not have a character die. So when the EMP pulse thing is going off, there's some part of the scorpion boss that you can hit, but it never told me in that reticle like where it wasn't easy to tell where to focus, and I had no clue where to hit that scorpion boss at. I think uh, I, I bypassed a whole bit because I, I would switch behind uh, the scorpion sometimes attack the tail area. Yeah. But I think I think at some points I you bypass a whole EMP if you use uh, Barrett's lightning attack, if I remember correctly. See, I knew lightning was weak against the scorpion, so I kept hitting it with that whenever I had that chance. Oh, here's the point I was trying to make earlier. In in the Final Fantasy VII, the old one, you know, as you're waiting for the ATB meter to fill, you can't do anything until you that meter fills, so you can input a command, right? So the mm. command might be fight item. Uh, you can run in the interim, or magic, or materia, summon, that kind of stuff. Dude, in this one, you know this as well, you played it, you get to attack. So you're doing melee attacks, and you're swinging your sword and stuff like that while you're waiting to use uh, magic or an item or special, something like that. I do yeah, like... You have, you have two attacks on there. It's like a strong and... 
Punisher. There was like a Punisher, Punisher mode, mode, and which then is like, like an even faster, yeah. shorter version of it. So yep. So you could he and he had different stances. Like there was a couple of times where I'd be away from the scorpion, it would get up and run across the wall or something, and I would be in whatever that other mode is, and he's walking like really slow with the Buster Sword. So I keep saying Buster, it sounds like Buster Sword, Buster Sword. So he would walk really slow with it, and it was like it's like he was in some kind of stance, like Neo or. Um, Jedi Fallen Order or something. Mm-hmm. But th- those are my negatives. The battle system. Uh, I, I I almost want like a mid-tier boss. Not not quite have fought that Scorpion boss to try to work on some other things. Or maybe slow it down. And honestly, the solution for me might be to play it on easy. I may play it on easy or play through the demo one more time on easy. And see if I can get a hang of that battle system when it's a little slower. And there's not so much shit going on. Yeah, I think uh, I did mention I wanted to go through because the, there's a turn-based option. I want to play the turn-based and see how, yep. how different that is. We got a month as of today, so I think I think you and I can knock that out. Um, I, think, I, I think I think might if the turn-based is a lot better and it moves more strategically battle-wise for me, I may just end up sticking with turn-based. Yep, and go that route. Uh, the game is freaking gorgeous. This is one of the best-looking games I've ever seen. Uh, the music is not. It's not like a, I was almost expecting like a, a fan rip or an OC remix version of those songs. It's the songs you know and love, but it's it's new takes on them, and it's really, really, really fucking good. I've been listening to yeah, the like soundtrack a, at work since then. Like orchestra scores and stuff it's, like that. It's so awesome, man. It's so... I guess you can apply cinematic to everything, like the presentation, the video, the, uh, the character interaction. You mentioned it on the podcast last week, their banter. Like, as they're going back and forth and shit, they're talking back and forth to mm-hmm. each other and things like that is really, really good. I mean, yeah, and Jesse constantly hitting on Cloud. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Jesse. And she gets, uh, cra- she gets like, the buildings falling apart. It keeps landing on her everywhere she goes. But I do enjoy her personality build. So uh, she's a lot more fleshed out. So. Oh, all of them. And even Barrett, he's not so much a hard ass as he is, like, you know, you really, we know the story. We know where it goes, all that kind of stuff. But Cloud's just a mercenary. You know, mm-hmm. he's, he's just there to get a paycheck, and he's he's totally dismissive of everything else. He's like, whatever, I don't care. And it comes yeah. across, that type of dynamic comes across better earlier on than it did on PS1 with no voice acting and, you know, the polygons and things like that. Yeah, because he, he mentioned on there, you're like, you're Tifa's friend. I know you you care about the planet. He's like, I'm just here for the job. And he's yeah. like, fine, then just do your job then. You know, like, yeah. that. But, uh, he thought he had finally won him over. You see that look on his face, but it's like, I won you over. You can't be that bad. Your teeth is friend. She bows for you. And you see Cloud like recognize it at once, and then it, it kind of fades away from him. I like how they did do the sequences where the Mako's messing with his mind, where he's like, he's yeah. getting the headaches, you know? We didn't... He's seeing the, he's seeing the, the feathers from uh, you-know-who floating around. Yep. <laughs> seeing the weird <laughs> visions. He's like, huh. <laughs> the feathers. The feathers from you-know-who, from Voldemort. The, for the one who and not shall be named. Yeah. It's good, man. I can't I can't wait for the full one. If if not so much for that that game as it is, um as it is me reliving this story that I love so much in a different format. Does that make sense? Yeah. Almost like getting a, a well, games are different from movies, you know, we might get a four K release of our favorite movie. Uh, a book may get a uh you know it may get a version where the the author has fleshed out certain chapters, things like that. There's something different about a game because you get so many different 
video, uh, music. You get so many different senses at one time with a, a new take on a game. But I know, I know this story. Like I know these characters. I know I love this world. So I'm excited to experience all that over again in a new in a new format. You know. I mean, we've been playing video games for a long time, but there's a lot of you know. Sakaguchi knew what he was doing, building stories. I mean, oh yeah, six was great, seven was great. Uh, oh yeah, I enjoyed five immensely. Four was excellent, dude. Four through so, ten, four through ten, you can put up there as great stories, all of them. And I think he kind of left after ten, and he, even then, what he did afterwards, you know, like uh, Lost, Lost Odyssey, good. Blue Dragon, last story was excellent. You know, yep. he just. The only thing I kind of felt like he dropped the ball on was just the whole uh, transition to movies because uh, the whole Final Fantasy The Spirits Within kind of thing ruined it for him. I was reading about that very recently. I didn't realize that the the failure of that hurt them so bad. It set them back pretty bad. Yeah, I think they uh, they had that's when Sony invested all that money in them. So because yeah. they were riding high on the PlayStation series, it took them a while to recover from that. And they 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 pay back Sony. Remember, because when Sony was hurting, they. They uh, sold back those shares, you know. They let them let them buy the company back so they can make some money. Right. So Final Fantasy VII Remake, that was incredible. That demo was really really good. Listeners, if you haven't played it yet, uh, download it ASAP. It's a lot of fun. It's a good it's a good to like a look about how that game because like I would say probably that that whole hour it's about an hour to beat it maybe right it took you about an hour maybe forty five minutes so I stopped in the middle of the scorpion battle because it was taking so long I took a break so I'm not quite sure on time because I it took so long to whittle that fucking scorpion thing down I just got up and and took a break for a couple minutes probably about ten fifteen minutes and then came back to it. Maybe an hour. So, it might have taken me like an hour and thirty minutes, but I I like hit my sword on every box and I looked around everywhere, that kind of stuff. But as an example, when we played the original one, that whole beginning mission was probably what like fifteen minutes, twenty yeah, minutes the it, most. It's not long at all. You get in and out of there. And then when you beat the demo, it kind of shows you when you have to go back to the bar mm-hmm. and meet Tifa. There's a lot more going on than you just getting on a train yep. and having a conversation. There's a it lot in like the in between. It looks like there might be some story bits where you have to do some side quests and all that kind of stuff on there. It's like a long slog to get back to the bar. So this is going to be a long-ass game, man. They're padding out. It it doesn't seem like needless padding. It seems like they're telling a good story. They're fleshing it out, yeah. Yep. They're, they're kind of... It's a re, it, this is a true remake. I think this is the right generation to do it in. So. Yep, you mentioned that last week. I, I listened to last week's episode, and I remember you making that point. Because I think if we did it on the previous, like PS2 or maybe PS3 would have been okay, but you know, if we did a PS2 one, it just would have been a straight, like what they've always done for years. Every time they go to the next generation, upgrade, update the graphics, leave everything else the same. Yeah. And I'm okay. They're catching flack for not calling this episode one or whatever. I'm okay with them taking as you know, I'll buy if it's four episodes and they're sixty dollars a piece. If they're of the quality, you know, we don't know how much this how this rest of this episode is going to go. They may cut major bits and there may be no world map, no airship. You know, we don't know where the game's going, but if there's four, you know, three or four discs worth of this content, the 60 bucks, I have no issue with, uh, with going along the pace of their storytelling. I truly think that they're trying to keep that surprise to all of us. I think we're going to get an interesting subtitle for the next episode. Yeah. I think, I think that's the whole reason why I I don't, I don't, that's, I don't think that's why they're separating the names by that. It's going to be Final Fantasy seven. Something else. Nova Crystallis. Yeah. Uh, Final Fantasy VII, the one that's not there to service. Recode. Or, you know, 
The one that's not Dirge of Cerberus. Crisis averted core. Yeah. We've, or, or surprise, we're remaking Dirge of Cerberus, the one you skipped down on because it launched uh, when the new consoles came out. On the exact same day as the PlayStation 3 and the Wii. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man, that's it for me. You ready to get out of here? Yeah. All right, let's call it. Uh, you can find this podcast every Tuesday night on Spotify. Uh, Apple iTunes. Google Play Store. Overcast. Stitcher. Our sponsor, SoundCloud. Who we should be paying sometime soon, but I haven't gotten an email from. I We're just going to treat it like I treat all my bills until they uh, are past due for the second yep. time. Dude, and they be like, oh. When I upload, they're taking it every time I upload, so until they say pay your dues, <laughs> I guess we just keep on rolling. Yeah. Um, um, or, you know, as we always say every episode now, we're... Uh, Ever an RSS feed is, you tell us where you found our podcast. That's it. I recently found out we're on iHeartRadio. Yep. Uh, we're and on social eventually, media. and hopefully this weekend, we'll get back to uh, some streaming. We I are. Know, Saturday. Uh, life is coming at us fast right now, so uh, can't promise anything, but hopefully we'll get back on schedule soon. Yes, Saturday night, I'm going to say 8.30 or 9, because I think we can record early, so... Guys, Saturday night at 9 o'clock. What is that? The 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. That's the 15th? 15th or 14th is Saturday? 16, 14th. 14th. Today's uh, the 10th, so next week's the 17th, 16, 15, 14. So yep. Saturday, 9 o'clock, we'll be playing Silent Hill 2. We'll be picking up our game save. Maybe Michael's with us. I'm not sure. Um, uh, we will all be wearing our St. Patty's Day attire. Is it on the 14th? Are we going to? Oh, God. Are we actually going to do that? It'd be kind of funny. Yeah, I mean, technically, you're wearing one right now. You just fucked up and wore it today. Yeah, I do have my green, uh, a green Xbox shirt on. We could wear something mm-hmm. green. That'd be fine. I'm all right with that. All right. right. Isn't any St. Patty's Day on the 14th? <laughs> I don't know. We're getting in the weeds here, dude. We got to get out of here. It's getting bad. <laughs> no, we need to figure this out. Oh, my God. I couldn't even figure out what day Saturday was. Uh, we're also on uh, social media on Twitter and Instagram is no podcast. You can find us there. We're on YouTube. Ignore ignore our things on the seventeenth. My bad, everyone. We will not be wearing green. No green. Fuck green. <laughs> no, don't fuck green. Green is the color of money. <laughs> it is the color of money. Yeah. Uh, is that it, sir? Anything else you want to add? Nope. Uh, you mentioned the, the Instagrams and the Twitters while I was talking nonsense. Yep. Uh, we're on YouTube. That's everything. We're streaming. We're going to be playing uh, Silent Hill too. Yep, when you'll find all our old streams on uh, YouTube, and we uh, do our current streams as we stream on Mixer. Uh, we accepted our new overlords of OBS Facebook. Uh, we mentioned this last week. I'll mention it every week because I never thought we'd be doing this, but it is what it is. We've been doing Twitch. We haven't been doing Mixer. I don't uh, quite, it is Twitch. I'm sorry. Don't quite know how to do Mixer. Well, I, we well, know how to so do many- Mixer. So many fucking different services out there. I can't keep track. We, we got to figure out. We got to fucking vowels and concepts. We need to know how to send it to each one. That's what we yeah. need to do. YouTube Live, one, Mixer. We need one studio that does them all. That's it. One ring to roll them all. That's it. All right, guys. Uh, thank you for joining us for another week, and we'll catch you next week. Bye. Adios. That's good, and then, like, it's only been up for a week and a half, so traffic's going to get there.
Well, man, yeah, a lot of people are looking right now. A lot of people who might not have been able to afford it might should be able to afford it now. That are getting their pre-qualification and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, give it time. 